minute where we point out the moments and break down the minutes a point break one minute at a time my name is jessa Lowe. i'm marin kennedy how are you doing marin i'm pretty good how are you i'm good thanks all right so this is the third minute of point break minute Num- minute numero starts... trace what <laughs> nothing <laughs> okay um where we start out with co-producer Michael Rausch um, mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves shooting behind a mailbox. And then end with Keanu opening the door of the Federal Barrel of Investigation and, and walking through it. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. Yeah. So... so Oh, yeah, you go. Yeah, I guess we'll start off with uh, Michael Rausch. We'll just get through these names a little little more quickly this time. Um, Michael Rausch, what, did it, what was his credit? Co-producer. 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 So, uh, yeah, he, he's produced um, some things. Uh, actually, not a lot since Point Break. He, did, he, he was a co-producer on Blue Steel, also directed by Catherine Bigelow. Uh, nice. Yeah, not a, not a lot else. Uh, he he has been a second unit director on uh, Superman the movie. Okay, um, that's pretty cool with Richard Donner there. Uh, he's a production manager for Brewster's Millions. Okay, um, so some, some some big names. Yeah, you know? he's a producer on Reversal of Fortune with Glenn Close and Jeremy Irons. And uh, production manager on Live and Let Die. Yeah, so, you know, he's worked on some big movies. Yeah, he doesn't have a, an extensive filmography, but he's done some good ones. Uh, next we got Gary Getzman and Sharon Boyle as the, the music supervisors. So what does a music supervisor do? I don't really know. <laughs> they do something. Yeah, I think they they probably they procure the songs. Probably they talk they work on uh, selecting what songs are going to be in the movie and procuring the rights. Um, Gary Getzman uh, is the co-founder with play of uh, Playtone with actor Tom Hanks. Uh, Playtone is Playtone is an American film and television production company and and record label. Uh, established oh, cool. in 1998, uh, it's named after the fictional record company in uh, Tom Hanks' directorial di- directorial endeavor. That thing you do! Exclamation point. Oh. About uh, about the one the the Oneaters or the Wonders. Actually, I haven't seen that movie, but I've heard it's I've heard it's pretty good. I've never seen it either. There is there's another there's a minute podcast on uh, on that thing you do. Well, maybe they can <laughs> should have gotten them to come on and talk about Gary Getzman. There, there, like, are you serious? There's a minute? yeah. There, there's a that thing you do oh. minute. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's a popular movie. Um, oh. Gary Getzman has done some cool stuff. He also he did that. He produced uh, the Talking Heads concert film Stop Making Sense, uh, directed awesome. by Jonathan Demme, often uh, talked about as one of the the greatest concert films of all time. Uh, I'm awesome. uh, I'm a I'm a the last waltz man myself. Um, I'm just not as much of a Talking Heads fan, but yeah, uh, that's a pretty big deal. Um, He's a music music supervisor for uh, Married to the Mob. Um, awesome. Uh, what else here? 
Yeah, not a lot of other things that I recognize. Those are kind of the big ones. He's also, uh, yeah, he's done. He's been a producer as well. Like I said, for yeah. Stop Making Sense, uh, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks, oh, uh, Band of Brothers, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, The Polar <gasps> Express, also with Tom Hanks. Oh, I love My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I know. My Big Fat Greek Wedding Minute coming soon. Oh my god, yes. I'd do that. Um, yeah, he he did The Polar Express also with Tom Hanks. I got a feeling this guy's friends with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, he did Larry Crown with Tom Hanks. Uh, he produced Mamma Mia. He produced oh. uh, Charlie Wilson's War, again, with Tom Hanks. Uh, he produced The Great Buck Howard, which is a movie that not a lot of people have seen, but I saw it in theaters because... Uh, a friend, it was in high school, and a friend of mine, I believe her brother, played in the orchestra for the score. So I wonder if he came across Gary Getzman working on that. Um, it's, yeah. This one's John Malkovich, right? Yeah, he plays a a mentalist. It's pretty good. It's not a great movie, but I found it entertaining. Yeah, he also did, he produced The Circle, Gary Getzman, again with Tom Hanks, uh, produced american gods produced a lot of where the wild things are there's just a a lot of stuff evan almighty oh yeah let's let's quit while we're yeah we're ahead well yeah the last thing he did was uh he's he's producing the sequel to mamma mia called Mm -hmm. mamma mia here we go again coming out next year um he produced solely again with tom hanks okay Tom Hanks is friends with Gary Getzman. That's what we get from this. Uh, along with Gary Getzman, Sharon Boyle is uh, is music supervisor. Um, they did it together, and uh, she did a lot of stuff as well. Uh, she was in the music department for Silence of the Lambs, uh, Groundhog Day, Mortal Kombat. That's a big yeah. one. You know, I, I don't think she wrote that, no. but uh, I, she she procured it. Um, yeah, so uh, she also did. Under Siege. She's a music consultant for Under Siege, also with awesome. Gary Busey. She was a music supervisor for Double Team, one of my favorite bad movies, awesome. with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. That's not the one about jeans, right? No, I forget what that one's called. That's the Rob Schneider. Yeah, with Rob Schneider and Jean-Claude Van Damme. That one's weird. Uh, but yeah. Do you that... know the name of that movie? Let us know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone will. If any if anyone yeah. would know, it would be us, and we don't know. So yeah, uh, yeah. Double Team's great. That's a good bad movie. I recommend it. Mickey Rourke yeah. is the bad guy. So oh. yeah, she's done some cool stuff. Uh, now we get to uh, Mark Isham. Mark Isham is a pretty big deal as uh, as a music uh, as a film composer. Really? Yeah. He what has he, he done? He did. Uh, uh, Reversal of Fortune as well, along, uh, which was also, uh, I forget his name now, Michael Rausch. Yeah. Um, he did Time Cop. He did Quiz Show. This is, uh, oh, this is contributions to soundtracks. Did you do Titanic? No, that was James Horner, I think. Oh. But he, yeah, he's he's been attached to a lot of movies. I, I remember in particular he, he wrote uh, the score for The Mist. Uh, oh. Uh, which we watched and was were kind of frustrated by. Um, I'm more than frustrated. I honestly hate that movie. Yeah, uh, um, I thought it was. I I remember. I do remember the music though, and I remember the music being kind of yeah. pretty effective. Um, Fuck there, you, Stephen King. There's 
Yeah. I hated that movie. That it's hard to watch. Yeah, it like, ugh. It's it's not just like hard to watch. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, not only did Tom Jane have to go through all that bullshit, I know. But then Poor we Tom as Jane. An audience member had to go through all that bullshit just to be like, hey, it's like, like no. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the almost the, the the having well spoiler alert for the mist, but yeah, having it be almost work it almost works out in the end, but then it doesn't. No, yeah, it's, that's no. kind of the worst. It wasn't even close to almost working out in the end. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, because a bunch of people already died, I guess. But like he was almost no. Si- what? No, no, it wasn't close. Okay, spoiler: if you haven't seen the the mist and you're like really holding out to watch it, don't listen to the next few seconds. No, it did it wasn't close to working out. Because everybody was in the car together. They're all like, let's kill each other. They all committed suicide except for Tom Jane. Because didn't he like run out of bullets or something? And oh, God. Yeah, now I remember. And he's like, ah. and then there's like some like alien or something scary coming towards him. Psych. It's the U.S. military. It's all okay now. And he's still alive at the end because they and find he's still him. Alive. And everybody but everyone he knows is dead. Yeah. Okay. committed suicide. Yeah. Right with him. That's terrible. Everything's okay. Fuck you, Stephen King. Okay, enough said. Let's move on. Yeah, enough about that. Anyway, yeah, Mark Hisham's done a lot of a lot of movies. Um, I don't think he has a lot of like the the Mist is the one. I think our our mutual friend Andrew put a track from that on a mix for me at one point because he liked it, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good music. But that was before I saw the movie. He's done a lot of other things. Uh, I don't think besides that he doesn't have anything like a recognizable theme per se, but he's just done a lot. Um, yeah, so that's Mark Isham. Um, Howard E. Smith is the editor. He also edited uh, *The Abyss*, from uh, which is directed by James Cameron, husband oh. of *Point Break* director Catherine Bigelow, oh. just a few years before. Uh, he edited uh, *Glengarry Glen Ross*. The movie of that, oh. it's pretty good. Love me some Mammoth. Yeah, and uh, Blade Trinity. I love me some Wesley Snipes and yeah. Blade. Although, I mean, Blade, I mean, Blade arguably, well, I don't know whether Blade 2 or Blade Trinity, which one is the worst Blade movie. I think the third is obviously the worst. I think so. I mean, the second one wasn't great either, but the third one just got, I mean, Ryan. Re- there's too much Ryan Reynolds. Oh, gross, yeah. Yeah. I'm really heated right now, and I'm just trying to calm down. <laughs> about uh, about the mist. Yeah, <laughs> you have to I'm calm sorry. down about the mist. All right, <laughs> yeah. Really let's let's calm. Let's just be calm. Let's calm. We're we're surfing oh. the waves, brah. Yeah. We're surfing right. the waves. Right. We're hitting the point breaks. Ooh, that's right. Okay. So what's the next? What's the next name? Next name is Peter Jameson, uh, okay. who was uh, the production designer for Point Break. He also was the production designer for Weekend at Bernie's, RoboCop yeah. Two. The Beverly Hillbillies movie. Uh, yeah, we go, it's, it goes downhill from there. I love me some RoboCop. Yeah. I went through a huge RoboCop period where it was like a couple weeks. I was really sick and I watched every single RoboCop movie. I might have even gotten up to like, I don't know, did I get past the third one? Maybe. Anyways, yeah. love RoboCop. Yeah. Aside from that, the only thing I really recognize is Howard the Duck. He, he was the editor, or the product, sorry, production designer for Howard the Duck. So, good job. Good job, so, Peter Jameson. Would he have anything to do with us as audience members having been exposed to a duck with breasts? 
Um, I can only imagine. I mean, I don't know if would that fall into costume design? Was some... Lucas. Yeah, I mean, this will be addressed in uh, the upcoming uh, Howard the Duck Minute uh, no, that we'll be no. doing next. Um, no. <laughs> but, no. Uh, yeah, was someone wearing that duck costume? Or is that just like, like an animatronic, an animatronic or puppet? I don't know. The horrors. The horrors. That's like, can you imagine that being at Chuck E. Cheese? Like, I, you know, no, I mean, I think, I think the Chuck E. Chuck e. Cheese creatures are already pretty frightening. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be, yeah. I kind of hope it was animatronic, honestly. That would, that would make for a good horror thing. Anyways. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, he hasn't done anything since, uh, since 2006 when he did, okay. uh, he did Jeepers Creepers 2 in 2003 and, uh, the Darwin Awards movie. With Joseph Fiennes and Winona Ryder and David Arkin. I haven't seen that. I forgot about that. I've never heard of that. That's disappointing. Yeah. I, I'd heard of it, but I forgot. It's got a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Anyway. Yeah. It's, Higher he, than he, I would have thought. He died in 2010 at age 66. All right. We don't need Aww. to talk about that anymore. So, R.I.P. Peter Jameson. You, you edited Point Break, and I'm glad you did that. It's... It's it's pretty good editing on this movie, I would say, as far as I know about editing. Um, so, are there any more names? There are two. There are two more names. Then are we're done. Series? Okay, keep going. Two more names. We're done, and then I think the credits are over. Uh, we got. Uh, they're they're good names though. We got Donald Peterman, who is the cinematographer. Okay. Uh, or uh, yeah, photographer, director of photography. Um, okay, yeah. He. Uh, he's a he was a two time Academy Award nominee. Again, rest in peace, Donald Peterman. Uh, he died in 2011. Uh, what, what was he nominated for? Yeah, no, he was nominated for uh, Flashdance and Star Trek for The Voyage Home. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have those movies in my head. Me either. You know, to be able to judge them. But good job, Donald Peterman. I, I think he does a good job in this. He yeah, also I did. Mean... Uh, um, he also did uh, Splash, the uh, the mermaid, the Daryl Hannah mermaid movie. Uh, I'm curious whether any of those movies are as smoky and hazy as this movie is. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Splash. It's on my list. Uh, One could assume Splash probably isn't as smoky and hazy. It's probably a lot of underwater stuff, or at least, you know, it's probably a lot of beach stuff, too. Yeah. I wonder if that's how he got this. Like, oh, you did Splash. You know how to film beach scenes. (laughs) He also did uh, Cocoon and Gung Ho. And uh, Splash, Cocoon, and Gung Ho. I haven't heard of Gung Ho, but they're all uh, Ron Howard films. Oh. So he's worked with Ron Howard a handful of times. Uh, okay. He also did uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Ron Howard. Wait. Um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Was that the Jim Carrey one? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a job. Um, he did Adam's Family Values. He, did, Adam's he also did Men in Black, which I brought up okay. in the last minute. Um, he did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's a good movie. I like. That I don't. Movie. I don't like that movie. Really? No. I haven't seen you it know, in a while. I think I saw it. Too, I think I saw it too young because it's a little bit. Like it's kind it. of an adult comedy, and I think I. I thought it was a little gross as a kid. Uh, and just like John Candy, I found you know he's just kind of an annoying guy but I, I haven't seen it for a long time maybe I'd like it now you're Steve Martin you're the Steve Martin 
You don't like the John Candy <laughs> speech where he's like, all right, I'll shut up or whatever it is. I don't like, remember it. I may be loud, but I got a big heart, see? And my kids like me and my wife likes me. You don't remember that? I don't. I, I think I saw it too young. I, okay. I'll watch it next Thanksgiving. Okay. It's a Thanksgiving movie, right? He's getting home for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I have no clue. All anyway. I remember is that whole scene and he like like convinces somebody, or maybe it's Steve Martin, who convinces somebody to buy shower rings because he says they're earrings or something. Yeah, I don't remember any of this. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discover it in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles Minute coming soon. After after we do uh, my big fat not Greek wedding, doing the mist minute. no, we're not doing the mist. That that would be horrible. That would be second only. I mean, not second only, but uh, like doing twelve years a slave minute, as they brought up on Back to the Future minute. That would be like the worst, <laughs> the worst <laughs> movie minute be... podcast. The mist minute. The mist minute would be fine early on, like doing the minutes in the grocery store. That would be kind of interesting. Yeah. But then, like having to watch that ending again would just be awful and having to talk about it we just yeah. did it and it was you already got really riled up so i don't want to i probably would have that a stroke <laughs> let's be real yeah so we'll, we'll just stop talking about that anyway okay. last name i promise i think this is the end of the credits we'll find out in the next minute but uh w peter illiff oh he's the screenwriter oh well he also was the uh story credit too, yeah, they both uh, both him uh, and uh, and the other dude get story credits, but he yeah. he wrote the screenplay. And if you go to his IMDb page, his his uh, headshot is bananas. Oh, okay. What's his name? W. Peter Illiff. Oh, first name that pops up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um. So I can only describe what I am looking at as probably Kid Rock. Esque? Yeah, he's kind. Of, he looks like a Kid Rock fan. He he has a, a goatee, and and a backward baseball cap with his own last name on it. Yeah, it's a, it's an and it says NFL. So was he in? It looks like he's in the NFL, but I don't think he was, unless I'm wrong I about that. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything. around that. his neck and a fat ass cigar hanging yep. out of his mouth. Yeah, it kind of looks like Eddie Vedder, but way broier. Yeah, he it's just like a lot going on. I want to be friends with. Yeah, he looks like he'd be really annoying. Um, but yeah, what what else did he do? He did. He got a credit for the remake of Point Break, but that might just be because he has he did the original and they had to credit him. He also did oh. pa- Patriot Games, uh, which I, I like that movie. I think we watched that together, right? Uh, which one's that? It's one? the one. Is that the one? That's the one with uh, Sean Bean as the IRA terrorist. I like that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's it's solid. Uh, he did uh, Varsity Blues. This uh, is pretty much just us being judgmental about people's movie credits. Yeah, we're judging. Yeah, uh, very much like looking at them and judging them. Based on it'd be, it'd be it's, inter- it's less interesting or it'd be uh, less interesting. If we just listed them. We have to pass our opinions as well. Yeah. He also did. Uh, he wrote. The screenplay for Prayer of the Roller Boys, which I've never heard of, but it stars Corey Haim and Patricia Arquette. And here's the here's the um, description of this. Set in an unspecified time in the future, USA has declined and become a country of violence and racial prejudice. Racial, racial prejudice. <laughs> racial prejudice. No, Rachel's. 
<laughs> Griffin earns his living delivering pizzas while he takes care of his little brother. I don't that I wanted it to explain what the roller boys were. It looks like they're all roller skating or rollerblading. So it's maybe the warriors on roller skates. I hope so. I'm really curious about this. It's like the it's the warriors on ice. Yeah. I'm curious about yeah, prayer prayer of the roller boys. That looks interesting. All right, that's the last name. Thanks, thanks everyone for hanging out while we list the credits. It'll get more interesting, I promise. Um, some some kind of interesting visuals. I just want to throw out there what we're seeing. Yeah. So it's still you know juxtaposing the backlit um, silhouettes of what we can only guess are probably supposed to be the ex-president's gang um, mm-hmm. surfing at slow-mo while we see Keanu Reeves in the rain shooting a pistol behind a mailbox. Yep. Um, so this, this is more leaning towards he's probably in Quantico uh, in this fake town. Um, he's kind of like ducking at different angles behind this mailbox. And then his... Um, Drill sergeant, which you can finally see, yeah. has the FBI jacket on, clocks his time, looks up and goes, Johnny Utah, a hundred percent. Yep. And then for a second Keanu Reeves looks a little bit nervous, and then he goes, Yeah, thumbs up. Yep. And the- so was he being based on time or accuracy? Did he get a hundred percent on the time? Yeah, I'm not because he, he has a stopwatch. He has a stopwatch, so he was timing it. But he was 100%. But he was 100%. Yeah, maybe it's both. Maybe he had to hit all the targets accurately in a certain amount of time. And if he That would make sense. Yeah, I guess so. I would... Oh, I, I skipped one name. No. I forgot about it. <laughs> Executive producer James Cameron. Oh, okay, well, we know all about him. Yeah, we talked about that in the first minute, so we don't need to go into that again. You know, yeah. y'all know who James Cameron is. And if you don't, all you need to know is Titanic, ex-husband of Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, they were married at the time of this. And he is a fetish with the undersea. There yes, he's very into underwater stuff. And yeah. it, we can look forward to Avatars 2 through 5 coming soon. Really? Yep. Okay. Um, so, I say really in that disdaining voice, having never really seen Avatar, but only knowing that it's, there's something called unobtainium. Yeah, yep, there is. Yeah. Av- and. I mean, we can go into this briefly, but yeah, I've, I've seen, I saw Avatar once in theaters and forgot about it pretty quickly. I, rem- I just remember, I think it's known almost more at this point for being a high grossing film than a film that people yeah. actually watch. Um, oh, I, I don't know. I had a friend's mom. We saw it seven times in theaters. Really? Yeah, but she was also a little bit weird. She was obsessed with Ellen McGregor and would spend hours just looking at Ellen McGregor photos online. So are, are you saying Ewan McGregor? I am saying it, but I am pronouncing it Ellen because it okay. sounds like Aaron with a <laughs> weird speech impediment. I believe it's Ewan McGregor, but Probably. then again, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, so yeah, I um, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know those languages. So wait, wait, but... was was Ewan McGregor in Avatar? No, he was in Moulin Rouge. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying this late. The same lady who okay. saw Avatar seven times in theaters is the same lady who was obsessed with Ewan McGregor okay. and looking at pictures of him online. 
for hours oh. at a time. Okay, so that that's a weird person. Um, yeah. Anyway, James Cameron, EP on okay. this. Yeah. So we also find out answering some questions from a previous minute. We see a plane landing. And then the last image you see is Keanu in a nice suit walking through an all-wood office with the label Federal Bureau of Investigation on the door. He pushes through, walks through the door. That's the last image you see. So it answers our question, where was he? Not in California. Yeah. So he had to take a plane to get to California. It's interesting interesting that uh, without the insert of the plane landing, we wouldn't know. So at least so far we wouldn't really have much idea that he came from another place, except for the fact that it is raining where he was and it wasn't raining in the surfing scenes. Yeah. Which also begs to answer, you know, begs the question. I mean, does it beg the question of, um, what's the temperature in rainy Virginia? Like, why is he wearing a t-shirt in the pouring rain? Yeah. Like, is Virginia hot and humid? You would think, he would be wearing a windbreaker or not a wind, like a, a raincoat. That's what his FBI instructor is wearing. Yeah. And a hat. I also noticed the FBI instructor has a clipboard and he writes yeah. something on the clipboard. Like those pages have got to be soaked. They've got to be destroyed. Oh, Do they have like a special kind of paper that is like waterproof? No, they're just being silly. They're just being silly. They're recording this in the rain. They just want an excuse to see Keanu Reeves' pecs one more time. Oh, yeah. That wet shirt clinging to him. Mm-hmm. Because he dives behind that mailbox and does, like, somersaults and stuff behind it. Yep. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so he's. we're going to assume he was in uh, Quantico training, and now he's he's uh, come to L.A. to his, his first post as an FBI man. An FBI man? Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't know. It's like, they just, I, I just said like that Dr. weird. Spichemin and FBI <laughs> yeah. Like, little uh, 30 Rock. Hey, Dr. Sp- Dr. Leo Spichemin, played by Chris Parnell. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this minute, Mern? He's flying Continental. Is that, a, is that an airline? It is. It, it was. Is it still an airline? So, I mean, maybe we should pontificate about, like, is it flight meals? What movie did he watch? I don't know. We, only we things we can speculate. <laughs> I hope he watched Point Break. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's about it. Wait, you, just... watch, you hope he watched the movie that he is in, in this fictional world? <laughs> uh, yeah, he lands, he goes into the office. Uh, there's a, a woman at the desk looking at some papers. She's behind... Like some... The woman at the desk is be, is a very... It's like a very protected desk. Yeah, I was about to say bulletproof plastic or glass or something. Which seems like if you could get into FBI headquarters and like still have guns and stuff, like, I don't know. I mean, can you get through FBI headquarters and make it into like an office with guns and be a bad guy? Like, is that a thing? Yeah, you would think they wouldn't have a lot of, you know circumstances of people getting that far into the fbi fbi building yeah i mean maybe maybe there'll be a callback to it later those guys from drop those guys from drop zone could have done it i i don't know what you're referencing i mean i know drop zone but i don't know what you're referencing well they at the end they land on top of a building and they sort of infiltrate it that way so anyway just wanted to just wanted to reference drop zone that was kind of a forced reference but yeah 
drop zone. I mean, you're the encyclopedia of stuff, as you'll come to find, and you probably re- realize in the past few episodes, Marin has an almost encyclopedic knowledge of actors and movies and most... like, weird random references, and I forget everything the moment I see it. So... so we balance each other out that way. Yeah, like he says we watched The Rock together. No clue. I don't know where I was when we saw this together. Yeah, well, actually, I find The Rock to be kind of a forgettable movie. I know it's yeah. I know that's controversial to say, but well, I literally have no recollection of ever watching it. I mean, I kind of remember because you said that one guy who's in Scrubs was in it, and I remember him from that. Who's also in this? John C. McGinley. Yeah, yeah. Playing, but... yeah. Anyway, well, anyways, is there anything else you want to say about this minute? Not at all. I'm gonna end it on that. We're done with the credits. I think. Thank. <laughs> We're gonna God. get into the action now. Thank God. Now, what's your uh, recommendation for the for the cast? What's your uh... my weekly recommendation? Um, yeah. I did see Dunkirk a few weeks what ago. What did you that, think? That's been out for a while now, but uh, I liked it. Um, definitely a step up from Interstellar, which I didn't like. Uh, was that Christopher Nolan too? Yeah, that was the last one he did. Okay. Um, and probably yeah, probably like uh, you know, if you look at Christopher Nolan. Uh, you know, going back, he did Inception, which I like pretty well. Um, you know, it's kind of just an, it's an action movie, a high concept action movie. And then he did the mm-hmm. the Dark Knight trilogy, um, which the third one falls off a little bit, but the first two are pretty Man. good. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he did the Prestige. He did I don't know why I'm just going through the whole list of Christopher Nolan movies, but I f- I feel like I guess what I'm saying is he's kind of either reached a new level of maturity kind of it's like a more it's a serious more uh more of a drama i mean it's a war movie but the the action isn't really the centerpiece it's more about the story um and it's you know it's it's more of a grounded uh kind of simple although he does do some more you know there's some complexities thrown in as christopher nolan will do but i feel like it's nice he's kind of gone back to a little bit of a simpler story than like uh, Inception and Interstellar, where it's very high concept, time, brain stuff, and it was kind of nice. It was a very beautiful movie. Uh, oh, say good visuals. Great visuals. Um, it's uh, less than two hours long, which is also a nice break <laughs> considering yes. how long Interstellar was uh, and some of the some of the other ones he's done. Um, it's a solid movie. It's uh, it's a it's a I won't spoiler alert kind of, but it's like kind of a hopeful war movie. It's not super, it, it gets dark, but it doesn't hammer you over the head with it. It's like a nice kind of inspirational things end up. Okay. Spoiler. <laughs> anyway. Awesome. Yeah. Dunkirk. Uh, good movie. I liked it. Awesome. Well, my, uh, my recommendation for the time is running man. That mm. is one I haven't necessarily watched recently, but like Point Break, Running Man is almost always on my mind. It's a movie I'm almost always up for watching. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Stephen King, didn't he write Running Man? He did, under an alias. Yeah. I haven't read it, but uh, I love me the concept of Running Man. I love me some Jesse Ventura, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger anytime yes please Mm -hmm. and i like the villains in the movie i like that there's like a man with electricity and like light bulbs all over himself who sings opera who sings opera 
Yep. And like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um so yeah, as I I am a big fan of you know that era of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And that movie is just the the highlight of that era for him, I think. I mean, yeah, there's Terminator and whatnot, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really feature as much, I'd say in Terminator. I mean, yeah, he's not like, he's not the main character. He's the main yeah. sort of antagonist and he doesn't talk very much. He's he's great in it, but yeah, he's uh now would you would you place Running Man over Total Recall? Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like Total Recall, but uh I I think Running Man is to me a little bit more inventive in the way I want it to be. I'm like, you know, there's the three boobed woman and stuff in Total mm-hmm. Recall. Yeah, and, but like those are just kind of set dressings. Like there's there's the weird people he sees on Mars, but they're kind of nobody just nobody wants to see that shit. People want to see like cool, weird, like it's like you could see a cool villain, but you yeah. can see lots of cool villains. Yeah, like in Running Man, like the the uh, the opera electricity man and the the flamethrower guy are yeah. like they're people he has to fight. You see a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. and Jesse Ventura. Yes. Yeah. Jesse so, Ventura uh, looking very. Not hair, you know. He has a full head of hair in that movie. He looks great, and that's yeah. the last time he will look that great. <laughs> if yeah. you look at it, the later movies. So yeah, our recommendations of the week: Dunkirk and Running Man. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that does it for us. That'll do it. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging oh. ten with us at the at the Point Break Minute compound. <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, make sure and subscribe. And, uh, and be sure to check out the other Movies by Minutes podcasts at moviesbyminutes.com. Awesome. See you later. Bye. Bye.